Last time we talked energy and cybersecurity, but you, sir, are crypto mining. Eh, kind of more for fun than anything else, yeah. you know. So the whole thing but the started. way you do fun stuff tends to be your fun stuff is kind of extreme, kind of like my fun stuff. <laughs> you know, people don't generally look at. You're going to run the Grand Canyon? Yeah, it's going to be fun. You look at me like I have three heads. That's how I, I kind of look you. at you when you say this is going to be fun and see three heads popping out. Yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of weird, too, because when I started telling people about this, right, a lot of people just didn't understand that this was even possible. Like it's so like to them, it was all so far beyond what is accessible. Right. right. When in mm -hmm. fact, it's not. In fact, what ended up happening or actually how I started a lot of this was um, a bunch of people are always asking me for tech advice, right? So it's like if you if you know Epsilon more than your neighbor about tech, then you become like the expert, right? So I, I sure. arguably know, you know, Epsilon more than, you know, a few people, right? So anyway, so here we go. And they're asking me blah, blah, blah. And then I'm thinking one day, you know, I've always really enjoyed this concept of being able to make passive income, just like on a, th a thought sure. basis, right? And the thing is, is that like 99% of the time when you talk about passive income, it usually comes down to something like owning some residential rentals, right? Or something like that. Yeah, that's what I do. Right? Right. So, okay. I'm just not into residential rentals. In fact, I'm not into, you know, dealing with people at all. I, I talk with <laughs> electrons, right? So, so here I was thinking to myself. People are highly overrated. You know, it's like. You send the rent payment in binary. Yeah. yeah. You know, let, let me go figure out how I can do this. You know, let's take a look at this cryptocurrency thing, this mining thing and whatever, right? And it turns out. You know, I did spend an hour, I will admit. I spent the whole hour sitting down and just reading, just reading and making decisions and this and that. And what I settled on after reading the whole hour was, all right, there's this cryptocurrency called Ethereum, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Which is uh, it's like kind of like second in popularity to kind of the Bitcoin thing, right? Right. Unless you're Mark Cuban, he's a big Ethereum fan. Right. And there's reasons why you would be a fan of this over sure. Bitcoin, right? And, and vice versa and whatever, right? But it turns out that if you want to take part directly in Ethereum, like without a third party involved, like actually touch the chain, all you need is a graphics card. Yep. Right? So I went to Micro Center. And I found NVIDIA 3090 graphics cards. There you go. They were being sold for MSRP, right? Now, it seems like most people, what they're doing is they're buying those cards and then going to eBay them, right? And they're like double or triple on eBay, right? So I, sure. I paid MSRP for, you know, these two 3090s. I went back home. And no joke, it took less than five minutes to set up the software to directly create Ethereum on the chain. And this is another thing that, Flabbergast me right? because I was telling someone else this about this, and then they were like asking me, "Well, okay, well, where is your Ethereum stored? You know, is it with Gemini or Coinbase or whatever?" And I'm right. just like, "Dude, you don't understand how this works." Yeah, they're looking at the third party wallet. <laughs> right? Companies. Yeah, they're like, "Well, you know, when I want to invest in Ethereum, I put like five thousand dollars into Robinhood, and I say buy Ethereum." Well, in that case, you're not buying Ethereum; you're buying a stock that represents Ethereum, right? Right? Or in the case of Coinbase, right, or, or like Gemini, right, you're putting your money in it. Maybe you are possibly even getting some Ethereum if you try it up, but you're still you're putting your money into somewhere to go and, and like 
That's like kind of like buying gold futures, you know? It's like kind of like buying a stock right. in gold. Yeah, you're not physically owning you the gold. Actually, right? But like in this case, what I'm talking about is mining Ethereum as in actually having the Ethereum, kind of like actually having the gold. The sure. good thing, of course, is that Ethereum weighs little to nothing. I mean, it's just, yep. you know, there's a hardware wallet on your phone or whatever that you can access. Anyway, so here I am thinking about this passive income stuff and – it took me less than five minutes to set up. Yes, it took a little bit of research. And then at the end, you know, I wrote it all up and whatever, whatever. And it, you can make about $250 a month. It's not bad. No. no. With two graphics cards. That's there you go. Right? Yeah. How long does it take you to pay off those graphic cards? Uh, the, the cards were, yeah. I think, 16. I could have paid like a little bit less, but I think yeah. it was 1600 each. Yeah. Right? So you figure $3,200 for those cards, right? Yeah. And so, you know, 250, right? You figure, you know, sure. 10, 4, 15 months, something like that. And, right. But here's the other thing, right? You know, in my case, I'm just playing, right? So, like, yeah. I probably would have bought those cards anyway, right? Because I want a graphics card. They're right? very good graphics cards. Good graphics card. And, you know, they, they run displays and those, right? So, sure. if you happen to, you know, have graphics cards, maybe here's an extra 250 bucks a month you can make. See, and, 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 now we, and now we know because of your research that what we have to do is just form an S corp around what you're doing and then we just sell stock. Based uh, on that. Uh, right? yeah. yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> and so, I mean, that was the, the kind of start of this, right? But where it led to was, well, obviously you have to pay for energy to do the mining, sure. right? And, you know – Eventually, maybe one day everything would be proof of stake, which takes less energy. And, you know, it was that whole thing with Elon Musk and, you right. know, whatever reason. Yeah. But let's just say for now, we're still doing this proof of work stuff. So it's still going to take energy, right? So the question is, where do you get the energy from, right? And it, it honestly, it wasn't a whole lot of energy to go do this anyway. But I wanted to be like, I want the energy to just show up, right? Yeah. And so my options were, you know, solar, uh, wind. And mm -hmm. water, right? And right. I decided, well, what would it take to build a tiny little solar thing that would be enough to cover this rig? So when you look at it, you see that each GPU pulls about 300 watts to 350 watts. Okay? So two GPUs, 700 watts. Right. Right? That's not that bad. No. No. So I looked online, of course, and here you can go and you can buy, you know, 350 to 400 watt <coughs> solar panels, right? Mm -hmm. And that's obviously when it's full sun, it'll create 350 to 400. Most of the time, you're not going to get that, right? right. So I was like, you know what? Let me just get six of these, <laughs> right? Yeah. So in in the, you know, if you did the 400, right, you know, you can get three kilowatts, right? right. In the best case, right? And so these panels were about $100 each. Okay. Right. Unbelievably cheap. Right. Just go on eBay. Actually, the shipping was kind of outrageous if you wanted them right away. So I had to go and find a way to get these shipped. You know, so I, <laughs> I picked like local pickup and then I went and did like some crazy stuff with uship.com to get them shipped super cheap. Right. You know, whatever. Right. So I took care of the panels. So then you need to take the panels, you need to convert that DC into AC. Right. And so I went and I found um, this actually American company, a beautiful company. I highly recommend this product. It's called a, a Midnight Classic, M-I-D-N-I-T-E, right? And it's a beautiful product made in America. It was about, I think it was uh, 300 bucks or 200 bucks on eBay, right? And you plug these panels in and it spits out, you know, and it, it talks to batteries and things like that, whatever, right? Right. So then I figured I need some energy storage, right? Why? Because I want the daytime to go collect this energy, right? I'm going to store it in my batteries. 
and I'm going to run my rig overnight because I've paid for my rig. I need to keep going. Right? Right. Right. So I started looking, right? And there's all sorts of cheap ways you can do it. You can get used lithium-ion batteries, crashed Tesla batteries, this, that. But sure. you know what turns out is the cheapest source of like amp hours of storage per dollar is? What? Boat batteries. It is boat batteries. You're <laughs> absolutely right. So I went nice. and I found Odyssey Marine batteries, there like you GC1800LTs, right? They I'd were, love to see that. You're like down in a maritime supply place. Yeah. What are you doing? Mining Bitcoin. Mining Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the batteries, the list, be a run on batteries. Yeah, the list price was $700 something dollars per battery, right? Yeah. But like nobody's buying batteries for all sorts of reasons, right? Not, First of all, because everyone wants lithium batteries. They don't want to lift 100-pound whatever batteries, oh, sure. right? Even on their boat, I suppose, they yeah. want lithium batteries as opposed to hauling 100-pound batteries out there. So I bought like four of these things right. for the price of two. So all in, right, I spent, you know, figure 600-ish bucks plus shipping on the panels, right? 200-ish bucks for, you know, the thing that charges the batteries. Right, so it's not that much, and then I spent another, you know, eight hundred or so bucks for the battery. So I'm like under two grand here. Right, right. So now there's a little bit of, you know, like you got some screws and cables. So let's just say two thousand dollars, right? And then there's a little inverter that goes, right? but two thousand dollars, right? right? And this thing produces, and I have the graphs to show it. On average, averaging over the the cloudy days, averaging over the rainy days, fully, fully averaged, 24 by 7 for the last few months, it produces 1.3 kilowatts. <laughs> A day? Yeah. Yeah. See, no, it's like sustained. Sustained. Yeah. Sustained. Yeah. And I only need 700 watts sustained. There you go. What are you doing with that extra juice? Well... Obviously, I got more GPUs eventually. Yeah, as I say, yeah. <laughs> but, but but you know, let's just stick with you See, know, the, the original no, plan. Just the basics. And, and I've just decided, like, I'm going to open a shop that's literally called Bitcoin and Bait. <laughs> now we just got to get his model out there. Right. Yeah. Well, you've been publishing some of this. Right? Yeah, I've been publishing yeah, some bit. of it. You know, just and the only reason that I, I I started publishing it was because people are always asking me for tech advice, right? So I just figured I might as well just you know write this down once sure. and for all. Listen, dude. You want to go play here. Here's the exact set of instructions. Do this, do this, do this, do this. Download this, run this, do this, blah, 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 blah. And then boom, you're done. Yeah. And I don't know how many people have actually done it. I've gotten a lot of questions about it, but it goes back to your saying, you know, you write books, right? I should right. probably just start writing books and just like doing that because, it's, you know, I can help you out with it. It's pretty easy. You know? So they're all in on your first rig and all the powers, about five grand. Uh, that is, you know, doing free power and that's, you know, including the fact that I, you know, bought GPUs that, you know, let's say you're not going to use GPUs for anything else. Yeah. So if you yeah, want to yeah. go dedicate all of this. Yeah. So that so would be a dedicated, guess, dedicated, dedicated rate. perpetual motion machine. Right. <laughs> right. A dedicated perpetual passive revenue. Right. So after two years, you break even. And that assumes Ethereum doesn't go up. Yeah. Okay. Which yeah. if it does at the rate that it's going, the break even is a lot. Yeah, it cuts your break even really right. quick. So you added more GPUs? I added a few more GPUs and also Ethereum has been going up. Yeah. Right. And it went down a little bit recently, but you know it's gonna go back up. So it's not like I'm selling any of mine. My recommendation, you know, to the other people that do this was of course once you mine and you figure out, probably just go sell it because you know, you don't want to be into stuff that you don't understand, right? Right. But you know, me, I'm not. I'm just mining and it's just just filling it up. Maybe when they change to proof of stake, I'll have enough mined 
that I can then stake directly, you know what I mean? So that I can take part in the new regime without having to have to use so much power or right. whatever. In which case, then I can probably continue to reuse my little solar thing to do this, right? Mm-hmm. But the reason why I wanted to talk with you about, you know, the solar thing was because as an energy guy, right, you know, mm-hmm. it seemed obvious to me after I did this that the traditional way of dealing with Everything fully centralized with grid power is nonsense in today's world. Yeah, it it's really complete is. Nonsense. Yeah. It's the same thing like having a giant flat L2 network for everybody. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It's so affordable and so straightforward for you to build like a micro segment, so to speak, right? Like one for every dwelling. I mean, maybe not. If you live in an MDU, you probably need one for the MDU, right? But let's say you're talking about individual houses, right? To build a micro segmented system so that you wouldn't have a snowpocalypse, right? You'd have a certain amount of buffer, right. you know, when the power did go out and whatever. It doesn't seem like it's – in fact, it seems really quite easy to do this. And I don't understand why everybody's not jumping on this. It's yeah. so easy, so straightforward, so affordable. I think I think probably – People are lazy. Is, well, it is. It's a bit of that. And I think part of one of the things – like you were talking about this in the earlier episode, diversity, right? The diversity is helpful. Diversity allows us to see what works, what doesn't. Prior to now, if you think about like power generation in the United States, it's been, you know, large, large companies that can afford to generate the infrastructure that gets used and like electricity for electricity. You got to run the power lines. You have to have the transformers. You have to be able to tie in. You have to be able to ratchet down, you know, voltage amperage to go into homes. You have to be able to standardize handle every time someone triggers on or off a switch at their house and that how that changes your power load. Well, prior, it had to be a large company that handled that. And they kind of thought of it of like flow of water from a spigot. You know, you would take your larger pipes and run them down to your smaller distribution centers. But like you're saying, the distribution type has changed, but the infrastructure delivering it hasn't changed. So we still think with a linear flow model as opposed to thinking of a multi-input, multi-exit model. And I think that's something that's going to have to switch as you bring renewables on as you uh, have things, you know, like like solar is a good example. If you have solar and you have enough solar to power your house, but you have excess capacity, like in your case, you added more, you know, more DPUs to juice your stuff. But what if I want to be able to sell my energy back into the grid? Well, you should be able to do you that, should right? Be. And yeah. not just that, but you should be able to take that excess energy and you should be able to store it in one of any many ways. It doesn't even have to be batteries, right? You could probably do some kind of kinetic energy storage system. I mean, who knows? Whatever, right? Yeah. But like- the point is, is that why with all of this available, right, it's complete nonsense that we don't all just take advantage of it. We should all be taking – like this is America, right? Sure. Second Amendment, right? We have a right to bear arms. Sure. So we go and we bear arms, right? right? Yeah, well, well right you know, we, we, we have <laughs> yeah. at our fingertips the ability to build – independent energy segments so that we don't have snowpocalypses, mm-hmm. right? Why don't we go and do it? Like, it's just I think it's it, unbelievable to regulate. I think regulation regulation is the probably, biggest thing. Like, let me give you a, a good say, example. Would it be a job killer? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, to tell the truth. I mean, there's a lot of things that are it's regulation. medical industry. There's yeah. a lot that's put in the medical industry to protect jobs. Yeah. It's regulation and safety aspects. Because for every person that'll do it right, there's somebody that'll do it cheap and wrong. Somebody's you know? starting a fire. Yeah, there's there's that. And I think that, you know, but there's probably an in-between ground where that has to change as well. I mean, because I look at, you know, 
I, where I, where I get tripped up on it a lot of times is looking at like, there's some things that an individual is not going to be able to do for themselves. You know, an individual is not going to be able to go out and drill their own well, refine their own oil, generate sure. their own gasoline, create their own diesel. That sounds Leave that, quite yeah, reasonable. That's yeah. where that market trade of me paying my dollars for your produced product is absolutely yeah, worth it. Sure. But it, to your point, in an areas where we need a localized energy source and you can generate your own localized energy source, there should be a way to do that without regulations tripping that up. Well, and it should it's, be preferred, not just that it's, yeah. it's not just that there's- As long as it's within right? a code, as long as within yeah. sa certain safety measures are handled. It should be promoted, right? I mean, yeah. out here where you've got plenty of land, you know, if you have your own house, right? Look, you just go get, you know, eight panels, 10 panels, and you just throw them on the floor yeah. and you can, and like, have you ever plugged something into a socket? You probably yeah. have done that, right? Because that's the, I mean, let you me tell you, You can manage man, it. Yeah. Like- <laughs> It was, plugging it together was really easy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, you just connect these things, and then boom! Now you've got a mic, you know, a micro segment of an energy system, and you can tie it into grid. You don't have to tie it into grid, but at least it's there. Like mm -hmm. why? And then nowadays, right? Homes are so energy efficient compared to what they used to be. Oh, absolutely! Right? We have all these LEDs. We have all the regulations to make sure the appliances all. So honestly. You don't even need that much compared to you used to, right? No, you know, no. Two but, kilowatts, you know, during the day, it's like more. So that. another reason why this is probably not as freely encouraged right now. They don't know how to tax you for what you're doing. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> they know how to collect taxes off of that. That is one thing that, that that's the other thing. And the regulations are really nice because you have these large multinational companies. Uh, with lots of investment dollars in and behind them that go buy stock in these companies to keep them running and they want to protect their investment. So they're not prone to want to see a regulation go away as long as it keeps them in a limited market and supply. That's part of it. But still, I do think the tax thing is. Oh, yeah. Well, the government yeah. will tax a dollar anytime it moves. Right. You, you make it, sell it, move but it. But they haven't figured they out won't. how to tax sunlight. Yeah. No. They'll Not find yet. a way. Well, where's all my Second Amendment folks, man? No, I don't disagree. No, I'm, you know, I'm this, right here. Right? Actually, come on. You should be all coming out and being well, like – I have the right I to bear energy. I have the yes. right, the, I have right to make my own energy. Yeah. I should have my own segment. Yeah. yeah, I Absolutely. should. I shouldn't be, you know, subjected to someone else's smoke, snow cop, snow apocalypse. That's right. <laughs> right. No, I think it's definitely something that should be the case. And it's – to me, the other thing about it is looking at it just from a pure scientific standpoint. You know, we we use the hybrid, we use hydrocarbon reactions because they're relatively cheap and they're high energy. Anytime you break a hydrocarbon, whether it be natural gas or oil or whatever else, the amount of energy that produces is better than other chemical reactions that we've found that we can do at a large scale that's economically viable. But anybody that's ever had to do stoichiometry or measure temperature change or anything like that in a science class knows that you always have to account for free energy entering a system. We literally live on a planet with a sun, tidal waves, wind. There's plenty of free kinetic and solar energy in our system that I think we will eventually get efficient enough at harnessing that will change the way that works. Now, I think there'll always be a home for petrochemicals in the sense that you use them to generate too many plastics and synthetics that we're too used to. But it won't be at the same scale. We won't have to use them necessarily for energy if we have another alternative. Uh, they're really good for propulsion. Yeah. Well, and the reason is they're transferable and they're easy to move. You know, right. like the battery. I know like Elon Musk came out with his Tesla truck. Right. And when he threw that out, he was like, this is going to be great. Well, it's going to be great unless you understand the trucking industry. <laughs> if you understand the trucking industry, you understand pounds count. And you understand that that truck that you have is awesome on a localized unit. 
Otherwise, it's not as good for a long haul as what the trucks that they're running diesel in. Right. And like when we were pushing the Pickens plan, uh, one of the things we were pushing was natural gas trucks because natural gas already has a set infrastructure in the United States. It's very easy to run localized vehicles on it. So like your buses, your garbage trucks, things like that that come back to a refueling station because it's cheaper than what diesel is and it's a U.S. domestic fuel. Because we don't transfer natural gas out of the United States. We don't have, we only have like one big liquefaction plant, which is Chenier down in uh, Louisiana. Um, but by comparison, we can use that here and it's cleaner than diesel. They did that in California first, just to clean up the air. Like they, they, they didn't care about the cost difference. They're like, we're going to do this at the ports because you have so many ships coming in, so many things getting moved, you know, by truck that the air quality was horrible. And they did it down there and clean, just to clean up the air. So I think that like batteries have an advantage towards a car and a passenger vehicle where you're not necessarily carrying a load, but the battery technology hasn't made it that point where those pounds are in play. Be a lot of batteries, but like but uh, trains. Germany used to run natural gas trains back in the 1940s. Did they? Yeah, because if you think about it, what is more of a circuit vehicle than a train? Right. Yeah, it's always yeah. going to end up. In <laughs> it, it's going the same places, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. And so it's one of those deals you can easily carry along because a train that's a couple miles long easily can carry the natural gas they need to do. And then once you generate a natural gate, you know, natural gas fueling station at a train hub, well, then you can fuel cars or trucks or whatever else there. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but it's like when it goes back to like we we say this all the time. There's no silver bullet answer to energy. It's like a shotgun shell. You know, you need to have multiple things, multiple targets. When it goes back to like saying diversity, like figure out what's going to work and what's not. And certain things are better for certain applications than others. You know, I mean, I'm at the point where my next experiment is going to be I'm going to try a windmill, right? Because I might as well diversify my, you know, micro segment to have more than one kind. Oh, of sure, <laughs> it should work too. We sell those at the tree nurseries here. Just buy a little windmill. Of yeah, I oh, yeah. buy a ten foot windmill, eight yeah. foot, six. Well, see, and the next time we check in on you, you're going to start building your own transformers so you can start stepping up and stepping down voltage. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, the, the actual thing that I really want to build but I'm not quite sure about is uh, because the batteries was always what I was worried about. Like you are saying, the strip mining, like all that yeah. jazz. Like, you know that's bad, right? Yeah. Well, you know, the most obvious way that we should store energy uh, for just the overnights, that is, because, mm -hmm. our, because we're building structures, houses, especially mm -hmm. in the two stories, sure. is to use kinetic energy storage. I mean, just put it right on the side of a house, right? Just take a giant rock, put, a, put it on a chain, yeah, right? And then put an electric motor that during the day cranks it up to the second story of your house. yeah. And then at night, you know, it just falls and it recovers, you know, that kinetic energy back. I mean, it should be as good as any yeah. chemical electric, battery. Electric you, runs both ways. Right? Yeah. You might as well, I mean, you, you might have to build two or three of these. Or you might have to like, you know, drill a story down while while also going up two stories. But this is this is doable. Yeah. That's well, doable. It, it was, I, I think even before that, though, go back to your first iteration of this and just go the IKEA model. Prepackage that with directions like IKEA. If somebody could put together an IKEA bookshelf. Yeah. <laughs> they could put this together. And, and make it extremely simple for people. It's so simple. It's so simple it was scary. The only thing that it doesn't quite make it Ikea-like is that the panels were a little big yeah. to fit inside an Ikea shopping cart. That's that right. was the only thing. But if you I sold mean, meatballs with it, you'd still be able to move them. I, it's just <laughs> plug in the cables and have some meatballs while you're there plugging you in. I mean, it was like there. 10 connections. Yeah. I'm not kidding. It was yeah. literally like about 10 connections. You connect these and then boom, 1.3 kilowatts sustained. Yeah. 
right? You can use that for Bitcoin mining, Ethereum mining, and well, or a powering, backup for your house. Right? Your yeah, when it snows. That's right. When when snowpocalypse comes, you, you you've got most of your house turned off. You don't need to do laundry for that's a day. right. Just get your refrigerator. Needless to say, refrigerator. Yeah, say refrigeration wasn't even an issue. You just set that out on the back porch. <laughs> you just need to make sure you got electricity for your that's heat, right for your little things. I mean, that's more than enough. So I mean, I don't understand why this is not the standard, right? I mean, there's so many things that it's that so many ways in which this is so strange to me that people aren't just all clamoring to go do this. It's I think so it's, cheap. It's so I think easy. it is a slow mental evolution because I've seen more houses where they'll have the solar panels mounted on the roof, you know, and you'll drive by and like they're, e they're east facing or west facing will already have that up there. And to me, that's a brilliant idea because it, it goes against the one problem we have energy is energy infrastructure takes up space and it's ugly. And if you've ever been near a refinery, you smell it miles and miles away. Oh, and, Beaumont's awful. Oh, Beaumont. <laughs> yeah. Beaumont when the wind's not well, blowing. Beaumont, but Beaumont, yeah. you, if you're not used to Beaumont, yeah, uh, it's god awful. That's right. Even the fish wear gas masks in Beaumont. <laughs> that's right. But but it's one of those deals that you know that's and that generates a lot of the what we in in the industry talk about NIMBY. Not in my backyard, right? I, I don't want that near my house. You know that kind of thing. Well, you put that on the roof. Same thing people say about nuclear. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nuclear. Yeah. Nuclear. Nuclear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is ironic. Just you know, note to self. Don't put your nuclear power plant right next to, say, I don't know, major fault lines or in the middle of the ring of fire. It's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, you know, as a, as a geologist, I will point out if there's like a really sheer cliff, lots of drop offs and you have earthquakes, it's a sign that it's probably not a good spot to put your nuclear power plant there. <laughs> but nobody complained about being there. Nobody's back. And, and in fairness, it worked until it didn't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's you know, a pick a place a little bit more. Stable, you'll be all right. Yeah, just make them smaller. Well, and the deal is, you know, the and it's so funny because people are afraid of it. And like most of the places we have were kind of designed in the fifties. I don't know if y'all noticed, we've got a little bit better at design. We we could probably do that a little bit more efficiently and a little safer. Maybe, know? yeah, Maybe. but not with the regulations that we have. It's just it's the cost of putting anything out there is insane. I no doubt. Yeah. It's probably got a couple taxes on it, too. Well, and it's the other deal is those regulations are there to protect the ones that are there. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> you know? It's like writing an RFP. You want to be into writing the – you want to be in the catbird seat when it's coming yeah. out. When you and design the RFP, then you, obviously you'll win the RFP. Right? That's right. That's what it's all about. It doesn't matter if if it's good for whoever's writing the RFP. You just get to influence it. I don't know. I don't it's an age-old so strategy. Your, your passive income properties? Yeah. We should totally hook those up just so that we can we can talk about them on the podcast, about how easy oh, it yeah. was to take them. Hybrid good, off-grid, micro-segment. Oh, and power. you could probably charge more for rent if it's green. <laughs> Any The moment anything's green, you can charge depends. more. It depends. I mean, rental properties. Well, it's Texas. is harder it, to sell green. Well, you should just sell. You, you should just sell. The power to your tenant. I'm not buying properties in gated communities. Okay. <laughs> so they're right. There's a reason that people rent yes. versus own. And typically That's it's true. You know, it's either a credit problem or an income problem or yeah. they have some level not everybody, but there's some volatility. Occasionally you get lucky enough to find the person that's only gonna be there for a while. Yeah. 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 And then it's actually good for for leases to end because that's the natural time to raise the rent. Sure. And catch it up with whatever the market's doing. Not to put the screws to people, but you want a fair dollar. Yeah, for, but yeah, market is market. Yeah. 
market value. But yeah, no, there's a house. I've got that. Micro um, segmentation, baby. I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> very really? simple principle. It applies to a lot of things. Yes. I've got one that I am remodeling or I have plans in with the city of Fort Worth right now. And after they get approved, that would be the ideal location. One of the other ones, yeah, not the neighborhood I want to invest that way into. <laughs> and yeah. then the other one, I'm actually, I just got a text about an hour ago. I'm selling it. Doesn't ah. doesn't fit my criteria. Cool. I've got I've got a I have developed a plan for the types of things I like as far as the size. You know, I will sure. likely never invest in a two story. The one I'm unloading is a two story. I don't two stories comes with two stories worth of maintenance and incremental costs. So whenever you have plumbing problems in a two story, significantly different than a plumbing problem in a one story. Yes. That's true. So my sweet spot is between 1,300 and 2,000 square feet single story. Cool. Yep. Ideally a 3-2, but it could be a 4-2. The one that I'm working on right now is actually close to a college and will end up being student housing. Oh, that's nice because you get to turn it every couple of semesters. Well, or or you can micro-segment his I one can, property. Yeah, <laughs> micro-segment the property. That's and, right. And increase his, uh, his revenue. Share. Oh, absolutely. That's I have, right. as a person with uh, two sons in college, I understand how the micro-segmenting <laughs> works. Yeah. Much to my chagrin. Oh, and, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've actually been looking for a property in Denton because mm-hmm. my middle daughter goes to school at UNT. Yeah. And right now, I'm just paying for an apartment. I'd rather pay for equity. We have a friend who uh, his daughter got accepted to A&M and they knew she was going to be there for a four-year degree and then she was going to go for a master's. So it's going to be seven, eight-year run for her, give or take. They just went ahead and bought a mobile home down there at a trailer park. And the whole time, rented out one of the other rooms to various students. The rent for the other student kind of paid for their part of the trailer park. Once the trailer was paid off, then they just went ahead and kept it after she graduated and just continued to rent it. And they're like, it's a trailer. I got, I got a cousin that bought a condo down there. Um, he and I used to hunt together and have 40 acres. He took the land, sold it when his oldest son was going to Blinn, which is right there next to A&M. Mm-hmm. And, and that became home for Garrett and renting out the rest of the space. And then uh, and it's right there by A&M and Blinn Community College. or Actually, I think it's a four-year school. But So he stayed there. Now they're... Younger son, he's at A&M, so he's living there. Other people are living there, but they're effectively not paying for housing for eight years of college, nice. which is wonderful. I just thought that your solar idea, you know where else are the for the people to do the Airbnbs? I saw a couple of those where you're like, you can get the container homes. Oh, they man. take the shipping container yeah. and like it just literally has like a bathroom and a bedroom and a little bit of lighting inside mm-hmm. of it. Oh, you could set that out there or one of those yurt tents or whatever. Power that whole thing and never pay a cent for it after that. Just get a bunch of cabins or what do they call them tiny homes. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. It. I mean, it's one of those things that has real potential. Yeah. And Passive income streams and technology. Yeah. And you don't have to roll paint out or get permitting. For the electrician to come out, which that's always painful. Yeah, yeah, so. that's true. Enough energy talk. So, all right, cool, cool. Rob, thank you for coming in. Oh, I'm down to nothing. Simon, uh, I'll, I got a little one there. 
There's always more. Oh yeah, there is. 